what is up everybody welcome to another episode of the thp strength podcast this is season three you might be asking why this is the third installment of the podcast and if you haven't guessed it's because we got new mics i sound so crispy and so nice we all got new equipment uh we wanted to get a little quality upgrade for you guys so that you can get the best listening experience possible um so this is the season three episode one we got connor in here uh we got john and we got hunter we're all going to introduce ourselves just if you've never listened to us and you want to know what th screen strength is all about uh but without further ado let's get it popping i guess john you can you can tell us what's what's up with your life all that stuff was new <laughs> all right so uh yeah i guess recently i moved so i live in pittsburgh pennsylvania which has been which has been really good um so i have a one of my best friends in my roommate now um really just focusing on the business i've been busting my balls on <laughs> whatsapp and programming and all that stuff just to make sure that we are delivering the best the best service um so that's been a big part of it and uh yeah that's probably the biggest thing oh the other part is training wise currently focusing on getting adjusted to my new spot um and then also trying to improve my two foot vertical so obviously i have the best team to do that including my own brain but it's always good to bounce ideas off of isaiah and connor um so goal for next session is going to be to get a lower center of mass position on the penultimate step and yeah that's what i'm working on um i love two foot i think it looks sick uh so yeah that's 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 the plan he has joined the dark side <laughs> it's so fun more like the light <laughs> yeah for sure also who's breathing in the mic don't mouth breathe <laughs> connor, i don't know go. okay so yeah update from your boy connor barth um i mean i've also been really focused on work i basically don't do anything else except work related things if you guys haven't noticed the website is looking much more crispy now there's a lot more information um a lot of things have happened with how the website actually functions none of that really matters to you our goal though is like john said to bring you better training more efficiently and not have you have many hassles moving down the road so um and then within my personal training uh i had a knee problem that has basically alleviated itself um <laughs> It, it it's kind of weird how I, I had my jump volume went up and my knee felt better. Um, but that's actually something that's happened to me before. So anyway, the big news for me is that my, my dunking is taking a seat at the moment and I'm focusing more and more on beach volleyball. Uh, it's something I've actually been debating for like half a year now. Uh, and I'm just going to go all in and pursue it as hard as I can and see where I can get um, my goal is to become a professional on the AVP tour and maybe that leads to the Olympics, but who knows? I don't know. I just want to get good at it. So. And then as far as me, um, I won't update on like more work related. So just know I'm always putting in hundred percent work to give you guys the best service possible. Um, and then as far as my training, um, I mean, it's always just try to get that 50 inch vertical. I think I'm like, on the cusp of it right now this has been a goal uh that i've been actually like working towards hard for the past year and a half i want to say uh since i started working with john like like just full-on like him killing me with actual vertical jump training not just load management um and i've been pretty far but i think over the last like three or so months i've actually gotten really close tested 48 last time i tested my vert 
and uh, recently just went through the crucible of front squats, still going through that. Um, I had a back injury and like I could literally only front squat. So I got that up a lot and I'm at a point now with my vertical where it feels like I honestly could test either a 49 or a 50 just by freshening up. Uh, so other than that, that's pretty much how my training is going. Feeling healthy now. It's kind of dope because all, all three of us are, are feeling healthy and I feel like we're all going to be PRing um, with our training goals soon. So that's super exciting. Um, but as far as the point of the podcast today, um, we asked you guys to ask us some questions on Instagram. We're going to be working our way through that. Um, there's some pretty dope concepts, stuff that you guys brought up, and we're going to be answering it to the best of our abilities. Wait, did we talk about, like, did we go into the details about Hunter here? Did we, anyone talk about this? Hunter, oh. questions. Hunter, who are you? Yeah, who are you? Why are you relevant? Tell us about you. Yeah, so uh, my name's Hunter LaPere. I was brought on recently to kind of help on the back end of things, make things run smoothly. So if anyone out there has any recommendations for our services or any feedback that they want to give, um, I'm pretty sure I've reached out to almost everybody. But uh, you can send me an email, hunter at thpstrength.com. Like I said, I'm just here to kind of make things run smoothly for the team. Yeah, sweet. So we uh, we appreciate everything that Hunter does. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll kind of get into these questions here. Um, so I guess maybe the, the first question, I mean, there's tons of questions that you guys gave us, but um, the first one says, what gave you an inspiration to dunking um, more seriously and and really start training for it? So I guess each of us can go around and talk about that. Uh, Isaiah, maybe you should go first on this one. Yeah. Um, so this is a, this is, I've kind of touched on this a lot, but again, this is season three um, and the old podcast don't exist anymore. So um, basically what inspired me to dunk was just having a love for basketball initially. Basketball was my favorite sport growing up. Um, I always describe it, describe it as my first love. Um, I was obsessed with it. We'd play three, four hours every single day throughout my childhood all the way until I was like 16. And dunking was always my favorite part of basketball. And I just kind of like was obsessed by it. When I first saw uh, Michael Jordan was the first person I really saw that was like dunking a lot. Um, and then I was super into the NBA dunk contest. Like that was my favorite time of the year. It was the NBA dunk contest, just seeing them fly up. And like, it's like kind of, it's kind of a time where just all eyes on one person and the dunk is the only thing that matters. Usually a dunk is just a part of the basketball game and it's exciting, the most exciting part, but the dunk contest, it's like, it, it's, it's strictly about dunking. Like that's what the basketball world revolves around at that exact moment. Um, which I, I always just found fascinating and like um and i've always had a general love just for it just explosion in general like any any kind of activities that show explosive strength um whether that be like running fast jumping high or far things like that um and then later on uh, when i was around 14 15 i started training um to get my bounce up um i knew i would be able to dunk one day that was never i never had like a doubt in my head even though i was like short and scrawny um i had a tall family so i felt like i was going to be a late bloomer and um i don't know i just kind of always knew that i'd be able to dunk um started training for it and um by the time i got my first dunk shortly after i discovered the world of professional dunking and 
that's kind of when I just like changed my goals. My, my goal used to be try to be an NBA player, but um, that started out panning out the way I wanted it to. So um, switched to just trying to be the best dunker on the planet. Um, like that was always my number one goal. Um, and then obviously the story is a lot more detailed. If you want, if you want the full details, just type 24 to 36 inch vertical on YouTube. And <laughs> I go really in depth about it, but um, yeah, that's basically it. And to this day, I'm still obsessed with that. Yeah. I, uh, I think the thing that I'm most related to is the way that you described, um, dunking, like all eyes on you. Um, whenever I got into like high jump and even dunking too, like pregame or whatever, it's kind of the same thing. Like when I was 14 or 15 or whatever, and it's like, people are just waiting, you know what I mean? Everyone's just staring, like watching, like, oh, what's he going to do? And then you go up and you just like, you just freaking yam. People are like, that just happened. <laughs> like, I think they're, they're always like, people are always impressed by that. So that's definitely, I think the thing for me that actually drew me more towards it. Um, honestly, just as someone that didn't really get any attention in sport growing up as a kid, like I was never inherently good at, um, at basketball or inherently good at football or anything like that. Like I didn't, those sports didn't come easily to me. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I really firmly believe that if you are, if you're like super talented, um, early on, it's, uh, it's actually more so because, um, your parents or, uh, a coach or something like that are investing more time in you. So when you have these scenarios where like, you know, kids grow up and the attention is it's like all about them on a team or just in whatever setting it is, you're more likely to want to pursue that. And then you spend more time practicing coaching, but you know what I mean? It's like a positive feedback cycle. The more attention you get, the harder you practice so you can get more attention. And, uh, dunking was like the first thing that naturally, like I grabbed room in seventh grade and I was like, Oh, this is sick. Like people are amazed by this. I was like, oh, I'm just going to get better at this. Um, and that's, I think where I really started taking it more seriously. And then high jump obviously played a big role. So, um, trying to honestly get a college scholarship because we grew up with like no money and it was made apparently apparent to me and my siblings that, the only way we were going to be able to pay for school uh, if we were going to pay for school outside of like our just like pocket money was if we got a college scholarship. So I was like, well, I'm going to make this my goal. I didn't know about financial aid or anything like that. So I was like, if I'm going to pay for school, it's going to be through athletics and I need to train really hard if I'm going to get a scholarship. So that's really for me where it started. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of my, my story, but Connor, I guess you can, you can uh, start on why you got into it more or less and what made you take it more seriously. Yeah, so I think like Isaiah, and I think this is true for a lot of dunkers, I grew up loving basketball. I was obsessed with basketball. And actually, it's funny because I, I was, I was before I was obsessed with basketball, I was obsessed with volleyball. <laughs> I actually liked volleyball more than I liked basketball. Uh, but they didn't have volleyball in Texas where I lived, really. So I had to stop doing that. I started playing basketball, became obsessed with it. And I didn't realize this the entire time I was doing basketball but that the one thing I really loved about basketball was jumping and kind of like Zay again like I would I would spend like multiple hours after practice just jumping um trying to touch rim and like I, I developed a lot slower than a lot of people like in high school I wasn't some super freaky athlete um and like midway through high school I could like barely dunk and then like after high school like I could dunk okay but it wasn't wasn't crazy or anything and I guess I was just a late bloomer. But when I was like 22, 23, I, I like got way more athletic all of a sudden. Um, and all I had done up to that point was jump. And I started seeing Isaiah and Steven Selly and Jordan Kilgannon and 
Chris John and like all these people doing all these trick dunks. And I had no idea that that even existed before then. And uh, I was getting pretty fed up with basketball at the time because like for some reason I just didn't have fun, but I couldn't stop playing because it was the only time I had fun. And when I started trying to dunk and do tricks, I realized like, I just want to jump. Like I didn't even care about the basketball as much as I just wanted to jump high. So um, that's when I made an Instagram and started trying to become a dunker and things escalated quickly. So it's funny. And it's funny that, that you say that, like you, you realize that jumping was the part of basketball that you found fun. Cause like um, I even had, I had a moment like this, uh, when I was playing basketball two days ago, the, the YouTube video I just uploaded where I played with Briz. And there was a moment where everybody on the court was like arguing, you know, those big arguments that happen in pickup games or they're like arguing over a call and stuff like that. And then I'm just sitting there on the side, like, I just want to dunk. Like, like I don't, I could care less about this argument. I'm not invested in the turnout of this game. Like I just want to dunk on somebody or just have my session like while they argue. And it's just kind of always been like that. Like I've always been fascinated by the jumping aspect of the game. And like every moment that I'm playing basketball, I was, I was telling you guys this before the podcast, like I'm just going, I'm trying to jump as high as I can every single possession, like running as fast as possible, like down the court, trying to be everybody on the court. Like I just love the explosive aspect of it. Like, I think that's just the fun, the most fun part. It's like the flashiest part. You know what I mean? Like when you, if you're like watching a basketball game or something like that, right. And you're even just like between, like the games that they're showing highlights or whatever. It's not like they like, what are they showing? They're showing dunks. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the best and, part. It's like, and the more you show touchdowns, you show home runs, you show dunks. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the more strength and like explosive strength is involved in the play. Like the more like fascinating it is for me. Like my favorite part of like basketball is like, if someone like blocks a dunk, like, like smacks the shit out of it. And like where you can hear it and like, Cause it's like it's like somebody just jumped high as hell, but then someone also jumped high as hell, and they were stronger than you. And like the time, like I don't know, that's just like it's awesome. Like, like what Lewis did to you? Like what Lewis did to you? No. Where he was like stronger and more. I don't know what you're talking about. Like blocked you. <laughs> you say that, and I the first swore, thing that popped that in my head is Shannon Brown blocking that guy. I don't remember yes. who he blocked, but he just that was like the nastiest basketball play of all time, just because of how he did it. And like he just stood there and stared at him, but that's yeah. I feel the same way. Like you kind of talked about how it's like all eyes on you, and yeah, and this is something I've been part. told a lot. And for a long time, I like I took it as like not a compliment. I took it as kind of an insult. People were like, "You're being like you're a show off," and it's but like, now well, I kind yeah, of take it point of dunking exactly. <laughs> like like yes, I am a show off. Like I like like these physical specimens of people. I wanted to be one of them. Like yeah, I wanted I people to one. freak out when I did stuff. <laughs> there's, there's also like, there's also another element, like another layer on top of that though. Cause it, it isn't just about showing off. I know a lot of people like their main motivator is cause they want to stand out above the crowd. And like, that might be why someone get, initially gets into it. But like, there's also like a love behind it as well of just like, of just jumping. Um, Like I had, uh, my first session I had after my back was like really messed up was outdoors. Um, my neighbor uh, this is this kid. He he's always like shooting around outside and he brought his hoop out and it was like 8 p.m. Completely dark. And I'm over there like shooting around with him. And like I hadn't dunked for like six weeks or something like that. Like it was like five or six weeks. And then I went up and jumped and I realized like like I felt good. 
And then I started having like literally just a dunk, like a full on dunk session at 8 p.m. I wasn't recording at all. I was jumping high as shit, punching behind the backs and all this stuff. And like it just brought it back to being like 16 again in my driveway, like not doing it for the cameras or anything like that. Nobody around me. And um, I remember my neighbor was like, oh, like you're showing off. And I just remember just being so locked into the session that like. I just didn't register that. Like, I was just like, you don't un- like, you will never understand this level of passion at the level. Like, I can't even try to describe it to you because it's not showing off. It's literally just like love and I'm addicted to it. What? And so, yeah, it's like, I don't know. There's just another layer to it. Yeah. I, I think, think uh, we lost Connor. Connor, Connor's officially gone. No. And um, I feel bad because he was going to say something. <laughs> he was about to, and then he just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Hunter Shimbatex. Um, but yeah, like I will say that the same way too. Like even yesterday when I was at the gym, I like, you know, working on two foot, which I actually got a question and Max Maritato was like, nah, but for real, like, why are you interested in two foot? And I was like, cause it's fun. Um, yeah. but I think that, uh, yeah, there is like a level of, I don't know if it's adrenaline or if it's like just enjoyment when it comes to just like putting your max effort into something. And mm-hmm. it's almost like, it's almost like when people get really anxious or they have like, you know what I mean? Whatever. And then, and then they go to uh find a box like a go to a boxing ring or whatever and then just like find a heavy bag and just start wailing on it yeah um oh there's connor uh so like you you find that exact same almost satisfaction when you dunk it's like hey look i'm gonna try as hard as i possibly can on this especially on two feet two feet like one foot you get it especially on like the actual punch of the dunk but it's less like it's so much more fluid almost feeling like it's not this effort thing one foot's definitely more relaxed, especially after having done it um, a couple weeks ago. Like the best one foot jumps are just like it just kind of flows. Two foot yeah. is just more like it's just violent and aggressive. So, high jump, I will say, high jump is way more violent. Like when you're speed jumping, it's like it just feels like like a corkscrew out there. Like I don't even know. It's just like boom. But yeah. if you uh, but like two foot, whenever I do two foot jumping, it's like that. It's like you know, what I mean, you're just. And I know you're supposed to stay relaxed and stuff, and I'm working on that, but it definitely gets like a level of aggression out when you do it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely find that it's just fun. It's it's jumping is fun. I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's more fun. Thing, like it's max effort, but it's not like like something that I hate for example is jogging, like endurance work, like oh, like it's just like drawn out and like lasts a long time. Dunking is just like like you could be fat and have a dunk session. Yeah, like I heard it the other day. Someone was like, someone was like, yeah, you don't just like walk into the gym day one. And you're like, put 315 on the bar. Let me squat it for 10. <laughs> like, it's like everyone walks into a gym with a basketball court and they're like, put it up to 10 feet. Like that's regulation. I'm ready to dunk on this. It's like, you don't, that's not how it works. Like, I guess for some people, like some people are inherently strong. Some people are inherently tall and can jump, but like not generally how it goes and it's the same like you said like if you're fat as hell and you just like walk up like seven foot hoop you can probably dunk on it even if you can jump this high just lower the hoop down. um yeah. but yeah it's hilarious connor you were gonna say something about dunking before you dunk, yeah before you so dunk. before i accidentally clicked the wrong button and hung up the call um uh i was gonna say that like kind of what zay was talking about is like for a while i was actually pretty scared that like i was dunking only because I wanted the clout that only came into play like, like when I started actually getting known for it because before no one knew me and then I went to dunk camp and things kind of like popped off because I didn't think I was very good and then I found out I was much better than I thought 
And um, like I just before that, I had basically just dunked by myself all the time, or I dunked between games at Twenty Four Hour Fitness. And yeah, since then, your video I don't think I had dunked. Terrible. I used to hate watching your videos on Instagram because they were all like, oh, I know. Super so there was like a window, cool. and I would just put put my like iPod Touch in this window every day, and I would just film the exact same angle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And people like, hated and that. Like, and he's like, yeah, he's super good. Wait till you see him dunk. And I like go to his Instagram and it's like 20 feet away, just like waist up videos. And you can only see like, <laughs> you can't even see his feet yeah. in the ground. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, what is How this? far we have come. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then he met me at dunk camp. And yeah, that room with Connor. <laughs> it's funny. And then I was like, like, a freak. like, I actually knew about Connor, like, like literally at the beginning of his dunk journey. Um, I don't know if we should. Should we say specific jump programs at all? Like, is that uh, probably stay away from it? But I, our friend, our friend's jump program. <laughs> we were we were in a Facebook group, all right, where we like shared progress, right? And in this Facebook group, like like Connor literally joined it like at the beginning of his dunk journey, basically, like when he started like training for it. And I like I just remember seeing Connor when he was like he wasn't doing any tricks, and then like I remember him working through like get, being able to East Bay. And I think he got to the point where he could, like, he hit his first East Bay or something like that. And then um, just started jumping. Yeah, I actually hit higher. my first East Bay right before dunk camp. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew Connor, like, he could East Bay. Like, that was his best dunk. And then, and then saw him at dunk camp and he just freaking, like, crowns and, like, gets his head at the rim and all this stuff. And I was like, what the yeah, hell was is going on? Like, and he dunked that every was, day. I was like, my mindset was like, I'm in front of all these people that i look up to and i was like i am not walking like i am not going to this also i spent every penny i had to go to dunk camp like i literally was broke and so i was like if i'm going, going to this i'm going to make something of myself that's literally my mindset so the whole thing was like a contest for me like i wasn't going for fun i was going to like prove something um well, that's, yeah. That's but yeah like with that with with like the love of dunking thing because I meant to end on this was like, but since, since that dunk camp, I've constantly dunked with other pro dunkers and like traveled to dunk with people. Like I've never just dunked by myself. And like, even like, even in the propensity of like someone is there filming me, like I didn't just dunk for the first time in like th three years, basically I dunked by myself last Friday. And that was some of the most fun I've had in like a long time. It's different. Like, it's so different it. and and like no music like yeah and and i didn't like i haven't posted anything from that session like i don't care it was so good yeah, yeah there's it's, it's nice different like pressure sometimes for me yeah <laughs> like the first two years i didn't dunk the first time i ever dunked with somebody was with steven selly and and cj and that was when i was like about to turn 18 so i, I would say for the first two years or a year and a half it was like no sessions with people and i would record maybe half half of the sessions and i don't know to this day like when i dunk like by myself and it's just and, and not worrying about recording like i don't know it's almost like a safe space like it's like it's like a thing that's like that nobody else like i can share with nobody else like i don't know it's hard to describe but it's definitely it's awesome though like that's my best best feeling also, those dunk sessions by myself are where I've invented every single dunk anyone's seen me do. <laughs> like any of the crazy tricks I've done were invented just dunking by myself.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how every, I feel like the majority of mine until Austin Eli showed up. Also, we should probably get into some of these questions, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. Now that we've just discussed yeah. the, now that we've passioned about all of us getting into the, the detail of how we did that. Um, so the, the question that I guess Hunter, Hunter wrote here, um, what are the, what are the fixed characteristics, uh, characteristics beneficial to vertical jump, genes, limb lengths, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess so I'll give my, let's build our, the prototype dunker. <laughs> All right. So if I had, if I was like on Madden and I was like, or let's say that dunking had a video game, maybe like the old school and one dunk like game and you could, you could, uh, create your, your perfect character. And let's say you knew everything about the physiology of that person too. I'd be like, all right, um, let's see. I want you to be about six foot four. Actually, you could say as tall as possible, but that's just like not as fun. Um, so I'd probably say like six, three, six, four with super long limbs. Like I want, I want like Chris Staples build, you know what I mean? Massive hands, super long arms, um, you know, whatever else this is, this is for a two foot guy, I would say. Um, and then I want someone who has some sort of, uh, sub-Saharan African, um, genetics, uh, for sure. If I could best case scenario have that, I would want super stiff tendons. Um, so if I could have like, you know, well, actually for a two foot guy, you actually don't want to the far extreme of stiffness in the way of tendons. Um, so I would probably have someone with like, if it were a continuum and like high jumper or sprinter is like the very end of that continuum. And then you would move down the continuum and maybe have like long jump. And then you would have like, I don't know, maybe, maybe triple jump, I guess. And then before that would be like, uh, wait, so sprinting, long jump, triple jump, high jump. And then it would be like two foot jumper. It would be like what I would assume, maybe triple jump and like two foot jumper are kind of the same. And then I would, um, and then I would probably max out type two fiber, type two X fiber, <laughs> like, or type, it technically it'd be type two B as much of that as possible. I would boost their testosterone levels. Like, you know, you want as much testosterone, as much human growth hormone as all of those, as much as you possibly can. A beard at uh, 10 years old. Yeah. Like as much as you can. Um, let's see what else, what else would I probably do? Um, I, I don't know. The Achilles tendon length thing is kind of like difficult to say. Um, I, I would I've seen like, I would say from people who just being around I mean, pro more, more to do with the stiffness of it. And like, yeah, generally people that have longer Achilles tendons actually have somewhat more relatively more compliant. Like even when that, when I was with pro sprinters, you don't see that like 20 inch Achilles tendon, like long jumper you do. But like when I was with Andre, like, I mean, Usain Bolt's is pretty long, I guess too. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> that, Wait, that, but that, you John, real quick. Like, you say when you were with, yeah. with professional sprinters, what do you mean? Like oh, when yeah, were you with I, professional I, I sprinters? Who's Andre? So, okay. So when I was in Phoenix, when I was in Altus in Phoenix, after, um, it's weird. Hunter brought this up to me. He's like, wait, this is your resume. Like if you go to the website and you look at my resume, like Hunter was like, yeah, can you send me like your resume? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll send you my resume. And I just assume that people know this, but I guess not everyone does. Um, but yeah, my, uh, I guess it was during my second year of grad school, um, I, or between the two years. So after my first year, my mentor at the time was like, yeah, you need to, uh, or I was asking him, I was like, how do I get more experience? Like I'm looking to get, make my resume even more polished. And he's like, well, if I could go anywhere in the country, I would go see these three or four coaches. And he listed off like Texas's like Longhorns. He listed off their coach for the multi he listed off and I emailed him and then he never really got back to me. Um, so shout out him. I can't even remember who it was. <laughs> and then it was like, uh, Lauren Seagrave and I think he was with IMG at the time. 
which if you guys know anything about IMG, that's where like, I think LaMelo Ball played basketball there, right? Is that right? No, I think he did his last year. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so like, you know, it, it has like star studded, like basically the nicest high school facilities you can get. It's like a private school that you pay to go to, I believe. Um, I think their football team is even better now too, but they weren't at the time. Anyways, their track program was good. So he's like, you go there or you can go to Altus. And I was like, what is Altus? And he's like, well, it's basically Dan Paff, who's like this legendary track coach. Like he's coached, I don't even know, tens of whatever Olympic uh, medalists, including um, Donovan Bailey, who I believe um, was with Dan when he broke the world record, but don't quote me on that. I can't remember, but he was a Canadian sprinter, super fast. Dan coached him. He coached Greg Rutherford, who was obviously the gold medalist in 2012 for um, GB and like basically came out of nowhere. Like he was like injured, not really doing great and like wasn't having a lot of success with his coach. And then Dan shows up and is like, hey, what's up? Let's make you a world champion. And he did <laughs> like, you know, uh, which was just crazy because no one saw it coming. Um, so he like obviously was I mean, he coached all over the collegiate um seen for a while and mentored a lot of the coaches even to this day some of the best track coaches he's mentored so he was mentored by tom telez tom telez is carl lewis's coach we should all know who carl lewis is uh so yeah he you know is pretty much a legend and then there was Stu mcmillan who was coaching the spring group at the time at altus and Stu was mentored by dan as well canadian guy um had like some charlie francis influence because charlie francis is a canadian sprint coach and so i was like well I'm going to apply and I'm going to go there. And so I go there and there is like tens of twenties of like just all these Olympic sprinters, Olympic caliber sprinters training for the 2016 Olympic games uh, in trials. So you have like, uh, Ellen not to cut you off, but I hear someone's phone vibrating. Hmm. That might be my gain. Maybe let me turn my gain down. Is that me? Is that me? No, I hear like white noise. Oh, I do hear someone's phone vibrating. Yeah. Might be Hunter. Anyways. Uh, so, um, yeah, so at the time there's like, there's like Ella Nelson. What if it's your phone, Isaiah? It might what be. What if your phone is the one vibrating? <laughs> yeah. You might just have to take it off your desk. Oh, we will, we will never 100% mind. be cutting this out. Anyways. Um, so there was, there was, no, we'll just keep it in. People love that. So there was Ella Nelson. She's like the fastest sprinter in Australia, right? At the time. She's like one of the fastest girls from Australia ever. There was Andre de Grasse, who was the second fastest guy in the world, um, or third fastest guy in the 100 meter dash that year. So it went Usain Bolt, Justin Gatlin, Andre de Grasse in 2016. So he ended up getting third in the 100 meter dash. He's like one of the only guys ever to run sub 20 and sub 10 in the 100 meter dash in one day, uh, like in the same day, which is crazy. Um, I think he, I think, I don't know if he's the only person ever to do, I'm not sure. I can't remember, but crazy fast, right? And then you have Javid Best, who's like previous NFL running back there, like one of the fastest guys. Um, in the NFL when he played, uh, transferring over to track, training for the Olympic trials. Jeremy Dodson, who was like, uh, he ran for, he was like a Samoan athlete, uh, went to Colorado State or something. If I screw this up, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I'm trying to remember the best of my ability. Um, BJ Lee, who went to USC with Andre, who's one of the fastest guys in the NCAA the year prior, two years prior. Curtis Mitchell, who was like a previous 200 meter national champion in the 200, like on uh, uh, Aries Merritt, who was the world record holder in the hurdles was there. So Greg Rutherford was there, like I said, who's like, you know, training for to defend his title at the Olympics, like for long jump for Breeze Lapierre, like just freak after freak after freak after freak. Anyways, that all said, back to the Achilles, all of them had differing Achilles lengths, like Andre de Grasse, not a long Achilles, big soleus, not a huge, pretty long gastroc. Um, I mean, they all tapered down when it came down to the calcaneus, but everyone's Achilles does that. <laughs> like, so you had Greg, 
um, you know, fat calves, fat, fat soleus, fat gastroc built like Barth. Then you had like uh, Andre, same thing, BJ, same thing, Javid, same thing. Jeremy had like a pretty decently size length Achilles tendon. Like Fabrice Lapierre had a pretty long soleus. Like all these guys had like long soleus. Like it wasn't like, and then you have Curtis, Curtis Beach. Curtis Beach has like the freaking mass, most massive gastroc ever in a super long Achilles tendon. And he's like a distance, like his, he has a world record in the, in the 1500 and the thousand for the decathlon. Right. So it's like, you know, you, you see all these varying like builds and stuff. And then it's like, you see two foot jumpers though, like Isaiah at dunk league. Right. And like talk about their Achilles legs. Yeah. At dunk league. Um, so me, me and Jordan, we were like sitting down and like, everybody was just like, it was like warm. It was right before we had a competition or something like that. And then I was just looking at everybody's like Achilles tendon. I was like, yo, like look at everybody's Achilles. And then everybody just literally had the longest freaking Achilles of all time. Like, like I have a really, really, really long Achilles. And like they made mine look like normal. Like it was crazy. And then Jordan, um, his Achilles is, uh, I think it was a little shorter than mine, but his was still like, like pretty long. CJ's was like, his is super long. So like everybody, every dunker in there had just a long ass Achilles. And yeah, they all jump, they all jump high as shit. And then, there's there's a couple of exceptions, obviously, like Connor. Connor has a, a short Achilles. Um, but yeah, at Dunk League, it was like, yeah, everybody just had the same calves, basically. Yeah. And Repping out the jumps for the short Achilles fam. What's so weird is like people talk about it like they know. And I'm like, where where is this research? Like, where are you seeing this research? Because all I've seen is that like it has to do with what the tendon is made of. So like sometimes that just doesn't really make sense to me whenever people are like, oh, it's it's definitely this, like this, this, if you have a longer Achilles, like it's better. And then I'm like, you literally, you do not know that you actually have no idea if that's the case, but we know that if you have a softer Achilles tendon and you have more composition of that tendon, then yes, likely that it'll be, you know, more effective. So for example, if you have a rubber band, you know, tendons are basically extension springs. So you know, if your Achilles is anchored at the calcaneus, which is like your heel, and then it's anchored at the, the gastroc and the soleus, if you have more cross-sectional area of that, you know, extension spring, and it's longer, you would hypothetically have more total, like, volume of the tendon, right? And if that tendon is made of the stiff components, then hypothetically, you would have a stiffer tendon, right? So I think there was a research study that briefly discussed this. And generally speaking, if you had a, a shorter Achilles tendon, but it was thicker, that it was stiffer. And then vice versa, if you had a longer Achilles tendon and it was a little bit thinner, that it was a little bit more compliant, which I think kind of makes sense. Um, but that's the closest I think I've seen. And I can't even remember exactly where that research came from. So that's off the top of my head. I just remember reading that and they had like some diagrams. And so back to the, the perfect build for someone, right? When you're looking at the way that those, uh, th that the Achilles tendon um, functions, if you have a more compliant tendon and you're a two foot jumper, then your gastroc and your soleus is actually able to pull more tension, pull the slack out of the tendon and pull more tension on it. So basically like your calf is contracting and pulling and extending that spring. Um, you're able to store more energy in the tendon. So where people previously thought is, or what people previously thought is, oh, it's an eccentric muscle contraction, which means the muscles, you know, if you, your muscles are like 
uh, I don't know if, you know, if you're listening to this, you can't see, but I'm crossing, interlacing my hands. Your muscle can lengthen and it can shorten or it can stay the same length. So people thought when you're on the down phase or when you're loading your jump, that the muscle is actually lengthening, but it's not. The muscle is actually, there's research from the Albrecht, I think is her name. But basically the tendon stays, the, or the muscle stays the same length. And then the joint, because it's angulating, is stretching the tendon. So what can even further augment that process is if, say, your calf then contracts. So now your calf is contracting, which is further going to augment the energy stored in that tendon because it's going to pull the tendon apart more, which means you're pulling apart a tendon because your calf is contracting. So it's pulling it concentrically, which is the up phase, even though you're loading the jump. So it's kind of counterintuitive and pretty complex, but ideally you want to find the right compliance in the tendon. And I think the same is true for the patella. So like people, if you can jump high, you should be able to run fast. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like not necessarily because the time intervals for those things are grossly different. And like you look at Isaiah and I run or like race against each other, right? Isaiah, like early on before you, I mean, you've been sprinting for a while, but like when you came and did that training camp with me, right? I mean, you got way faster. Were you running like four twos or like? No, I think I think that's a that's a big misconception, and a lot of dunkers are uh, delusional about how fast they are as well. Um, I know for I, <laughs> I know I used to think like I was really fast, but when you measure it objectively, like frame count, like like a forty yard dash or frame count a hundred meter dash, like we did on mine you realize that you are not that fast. Like if you were fast, you would be like, you would be a world-class sprinter, right? Like, or, or, or something like that most likely. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of delusions about, about how fast dunkers are. Um, basically every dunker thinks they're fast until they get objectively measured or they, or they, yeah, or put them on a runway against someone that's actually fast. What's crazy um, too is you, you can look at yeah. guys that do both. You can look at guys like, dax on track or you can look yeah. at guys like that are actually track and field athletes oh connor's connection died um or you can look at guys like dexton or you can look at guys like uh jordan westner right that like mm -hmm. are freaky freaky jumpers on a court and then and then you you put them on a um and then you and then you put them on a track or whatever else right like only sprinting so they're track and field athletes but they're not they're not winning the 60 they're not winning the 100 meter dash yeah. They're not winning long jump things that they jump far, they jump high or they're fast, but they're not like, just because you're the best jumper. I mean, we're talking about some of the best jumpers. They would blow any sprinter out of the water. Right. But then you put them on a track and it's not the same. So, yeah. Like, like you're, they're not, they're not world-class slash elite in speed. So like exactly. a good, a good, uh, a good dunker, a good jumper is going to be fast, but they're not going to be like elite level fast or world, yeah, you're, not gonna world run a 10, you're not gonna run sub 10 in the 100 probably but yeah. probably not you know people don't realize how yeah. fast it is but you're probably plus not gonna plus you have to work into that like jumping and sprinting or techniques like it's a different skill so yeah um you know i agree and but that's the thing too is like isaiah came and ran every day or not every day but three times a week for I mean, how, how long were you? I it mean, was a solid, I want to say like, it was like a solid, like two, almost two months that like, I didn't miss a sprint, sprint session for years. Yeah. But you've also been doing it for the past three years with me, right? Like you've been doing sprint training. It's not like you haven't been doing it. And so it's crazy yeah. for you. Like, it's like, yeah, that's definitely true. Like there's definitely a technical component to it, but it's not like, it's not like Isaiah hasn't been sprinting. Like he's, 
he's been sprinting and he's been doing it for a while and like he got faster for sure but how much faster not you know to the point where he's even probably running sub seven in the 60 which is like i mean jay clark ran like 680 or something like that or faster he was like super fast i think the world record's like 640 or something like that by coleman um so just to put that in perspective like you're talking about 10 percent in a sport where at the highest level you're separated by 0.1 percent that's like isaiah being like comparing his vertical like at his level in the 60 compared to like you know usain boulder or christian coleman or whatever if you were to compare that to like vertical jump that'd be isaiah having 40 48 inch vertical and then you see a guy at like 40 you know or, or like 38 or 39 basically me like it's like yeah he's good he's really good he jumps super high but he's not there's levels to this shit. You know, yeah, there, there are levels to this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely true. Um, but yeah, as far as the best build, I think that would be, if you can get someone that has all of those attributes, I feel like, and you get the leverages. This is the last piece, is where the distance, like internally, you would want really big moment arms uh, in the sense of like where your bones are located. So like you get a really high patella um, or you get a really like cal your calcaneus is super long and super far away from the actual axis of your, of rotation, like the actual joint axis. Um, you know, at the hip, I'm not, I don't have that stuff on lock, but you know, you would want the bones to be far away from the axis of rotation because that's going to give you more internal leverage. Um, if you were to actually like look at the biomechanics or you were to take someone apart, that's maybe the only way you could actually do that to get better internal leverage. That, so, yeah. that would be such an interesting thing to see, by the way, just as a side note, like, like if you took all the pro dunkers and looked at how long their bones were in comparison to like what their verts were. depth though, Because like for your knee, like I don't, I don't have anything really here to like demonstrate this, but like for your knee joint, it would be the center of the axis of rotation. So like the center of your knee joint and would be the distance to the tip of where the where the um, patella inserts or originates, the patella tendon inserts or originates. So you're basically looking at like the distance, right? From, and then, and then you also have to look at like where the muscle attachment point is and like where the origin is too, to look at basically like all of those things combined. Or I think it's actually where, I have to like go back and look at this, but the line of pull was relative to where, how the tendon runs. And then it's like where that starts essentially, I believe is like where the tendon starts. It's like, that's how you get. So it's like, so it's basically the depth of like the space between where your tendon starts to the, if you went deep down into the center of your knee. So if you took like a pin, you know, do you ever see like how people tell the thickness of ice or whatever they like drill a hole <laughs> and they're like, or like, and then they, what they, how do they do it? They, how do they check that? They like drill a hole basically. Yeah. They just yeah, have like they, a drill that is a circle and they just drill down and pull the ice up. It's yeah, a, but you can tell like the thickness of the yeah. ice that way somehow, right? Imagine if you could do that yeah. with the human body. You just like drilled straight down to the center of the joint and you were like, oh, it's this much depth. Like that would tell you basically or give you an idea to some of the internal moments. And then as you move dynamically, that leverage also changes. But generally speaking, that's one way that you can look at the leverage. Um, so yeah, that we covered really two questions that here. Was, yeah, <laughs> and that was super in-depth. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to bring this um, full circle for like the normal people listening. There's levels to this, just like there's levels to coaching. And this is why when we get all those questions, does X cause Y? Or is this exercise the best for this result? It is just completely dependent upon where you are as an athlete and your training experience and all these variables that he just went into about your body. Like all of this uh, matters for your coaching and your training. And that's why you know, those questions are so hard to answer. Um, so yeah. you know, 
not only that, detail. but that's why training has to be personalized to individuals. <laughs> you can't just give people a PDF sheet and expect everyone to have good results from that. Yeah, there is. Yeah, we keep saying this, but there there are levels to this, and it's like, you know, I didn't I didn't go to Altus and be like, oh, the way that Andre de Gras is coached is exactly the way I should be coached. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, are there are there certain things that are like consistencies in that? Of course, you know what I mean. And I say this all the time. If you're, you know, if you're one year, if your training age is one year, or better yet, let's use Isaiah as an example. Isaiah's training age is probably what, like ten plus years, maybe thirteen plus years, or something like that. I don't even know. My training like, age seriously. started lifting at fifteen, um, so eight, eight years, like a solid, so like a solid. At- that that's like solid eight years of like yeah. of lifting, and then jumping a lot before then if that counts at all and then and then you uh so and then if you were to add in the level of like when you started training intensely that also plays a massive role like when did you really start training intensely so those are all like again play a huge role it's like yeah your training age might be eight years but mine's 13 of which eight of those years are super high level programming so it's like yeah that also plays a major role like of those eight years how much of that training was super next level um but yeah i think uh we're gonna actually close this out because uh hunter hunter's gotta uh do some other responsibilities um but anyways guys thanks for listening thanks for tuning in with us um go to our website thbstrength.com sign up for coaching there the first month is 50 percent off right now so if you guys are interested in trying out our coaching and you want to see what we're all about that's the first place you need to start go through the coach bios go through the faq page find out if it's right for you um and and sign up but Thank you guys for listening and uh, yeah, we'll be back with another episode um, soon. Yep. And make sure you go check out our YouTube channels. This is going to be put on John's YouTube. Um, you can literally just type in John Evans on YouTube, John Evans dunk, John Evans dunk. You'll find it. It'll come right up. And then I have a YouTube channel, Isaiah Vera, Connor as well, Connor Barth. Again, just type in our names. You'll be able to find it. Um, you can also find us on social media and yeah, without further ado, that's pretty much it yeah. guys.